What's up guys, this is Shonen and you are watching the Eheng Podcast. Today we will be answering a question from email. This is from Anonymous. Hi Sean, I've been watching your videos for about a year now and you taught me a lot about property. Thank you. Before we go further, you can find my financial status below. Husband and wife, married with no kids, both 26. Annual income, 86,000 and 60,000. So in total, it's 150,000. Uh, emergency saving, 30,000. Cars already paid. Old car, so no loan or monthly installment. Rental paid is 1,003. Invested money is uh, in stocks, crypto, around 5,000 ringgit. Credit card, a few. So they pay monthly and no interest fees. Personal loan, nil. Any other loan, uh, I bought a washing machine and a fridge. We total up 12,000 ringgit. I bought it using EPP for two years. So the installment is around 480 per month. And I've been paying for six months already. EPF, I just assume I don't have any money in EPF so that I won't be using that money and saving it for retirement. My wife has her own savings too, but I didn't include that. She also contributes to pay some of the bills, so that's a plus for me. <laughs> I live in a condo in Cyberjaya and my rent is 1003 for three bedrooms, two bathrooms and two car park. I like to live here as the community and facilities are great. I've been planning to buy a unit and stay for about five to six years. After that, I plan to buy a landed house and rent out the condo, but is it a good idea? Or is there a better way to make out of this? I know you always say it's better to buy first property for investment, not for own stay. <laughs> There's also an option to buy with cash back or like with no down payment. I kind of like that because I don't think I am ready enough to pay big lump sum of money this year or next year. Come to think of it, I just knew that I can't take out my EPF account too or pay for down payment renovation. If so, is that a good idea? Also, there's also one reason actually, planning to have my first child in one to two years time, so need to get my money ready for that too. The price of the condo I wanted to buy is around 280 to 300,000 and I do think that this will be a great investment with its great location and facilities and also management. Even though people saying that Cyberjaya is kind of a failed city by the government, nevertheless, I still think that Cyberjaya has potential for investment. If you were me, in my situation with current financials, what would you do to make the best decision out of this? Go with my original plan or focus more on buying property for investment and renting with the current unit? Thank you for taking your time reading this, Sean. Keep up the great video for your new viewers out there. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the like button. <laughs> you do the promotion for me some more. <laughs> Kindest regards. Anonymous. So thank you so much, Anonymous, uh, for reaching out, right? I really appreciate it. And let's head straight to it, right? So 86,000 is divided by 12 is around 7,000 a month. So the wife is around 5,000 a month. So it's around 12,000 a month, joint income. Uh, currently no property at all, both still very young. So you guys can qualify for 35 years loan easily. Uh, what I really like, like looking at all the things that you sent to me, you guys are on the right track. So you just, you guys are married, right? At 26, so you guys are actually preparing to have the first kid in two years time. Just about right. Congratulations. Uh, hope everything is smooth. <laughs> and with 12,000 income, then you guys are thinking whether to buy an investment unit first or to buy a home to live in. So which one is actually better? To me, why not do both? Right, like I always do. So looking at the layout of the email you sent to me, right? You are very meticulous with your money. So you even know how much you're paying for your washing machine and fridge. You know how much is your credit card being used. You know that it's to build credit score. So that's great. So a tip for fresh grads, right? Get a credit card, use it to pay petrol and groceries and pay up every single month to build 
credit score. So a lot of people will always think that, hey, as long as I got money, right, the bank will loan me money to buy property. Not really, okay? So fresh grads, use this tip, very good. It's also music to my ears when you say you got no car loan, you are driving old cars, but um, there's this difference that I mentioned with one of the audience earlier. There's a difference between being frugal and being cost efficient, okay? So old cars are fine until they starts breaking down. Right? Old cars are fine until the maintenance fees starts going up, where it starts giving you inconvenience. So there are levels to the frugality. If you want to really, really save hardcore money, right? A lot of people might as well just take the bus or you just take the train or public transport. But the setback to that is you do not dictate your own time. When people say, hey, I'll see you at two o'clock, right? You need to really hope that the public transport is on time, the traffic congestion is okay so you can reach on time and it's just so tiring to transit from one mode of transportation to another. It would be easier to just grab but that also it becomes very expensive so in comparison to a car, right? So a car does cost more money but it actually saves more time and effort and you get to hustle harder during the non-operating hours of the public transport. Then there's a level to that. Compared to an old car to a new car then you will have the service to think about, you have the maintenance to think about. Ultimately it's the reliability. When I need the car to move from point A to point B, I know I can depend on it. That is a very important factor. So an old car compared to a new car, that's the balance where you can really think about, especially when a kid is going to come. So what's the worst case is when you are driving your kid around, suddenly the car breaks down in the center of the road. <sighs> right? So the least I expect of a car is reliability. Then this is the part where I don't encourage the range between a new car to a fabulous car where it's like a My V to a Mercedes-Benz, right? So that's the range. Both of them functions the same, just that it carries different intention of owning it already. So some are to flash, some are to use to market to people, to tell people they are rich or join their team. Some they call it reliability, but to me, not really. Like my mother-in-law's car also, this kind of brand, but always break down. Like they drive back, I think within six months, break down several times a year, right? And the main reason I'm saying this is because you guys are planning for a new baby. So when the baby is on board, right, your entire considerations for things all change. Trust me. <laughs> anyway, coming back to Cyber Jaya, which is the location that you're staying right now. Cyber Jaya is this... Ah, very weird phenomenon where everything seems to be in place. So now you got the train station into Cyberjaya already. And if you look into the planning of the entire city, highways are all done, infrastructures are all done. Just that it wouldn't boom. Don't know why. And if you're familiar with the auction property market, a lot of stocks actually comes from Cyberjaya. But the weird thing is, after doing a lot of research on my own, the high-rise market and the landed properties market are different. The landed properties in Cyberjaya are selling tremendously well and they are not cheap. That includes Putrajaya as well. So Putrajaya properties are also very, very expensive. A lot of people think that, yeah, so far, right from KL, nobody wants one. No, you are so wrong. The only weird thing here is still Cyberjaya's high-rise apartments. And many may think that it's because of the density not really. So there are way more elements to a place. There are way more elements to town planning and things like that. So should you buy or should you rent at thousand three for a three bedroom apartment? So as we have discussed throughout the channel before, uh, the best way is to rent 
where we stay and to buy where we invest. Why a lot of property investors choose to rent because they want to save up their DSR slots as well as the 90% loan slots to use up wisely, maximize those first before getting their own home. So while renting, I can still rent the same apartment, but I buy another one to rent it out. At least I get 90% and I can get the loan to finance it. Then use the rental collected, prove it as income to the bank to get the second one almost immediately. So that's the game plan. So the part where renting where you stay, that's based on flexibility. Especially when you are single, especially when you have no children yet, that makes more sense actually. A lot of people are urgent to set up a family home and most of the time they locked up all their slots within one property right newlyweds right always before you get married 24 25 you get a house that's borderline your affordability and you guys join loan to get that dream home but you die die one and landed so you get it at a location that's further away from the city center then when you work you go to Jalan Tun Razak for reporting every day and the drive there becomes miserable all goes back to your parents house and stay leaving the landed property there to rot because it's further away from the city you can't get rent and because it's your dream home supposedly you did renovation on it but you don't want to stay in it but you don't want to rent it out as well because you worry that it might be damaged by your tenants and after you collect rental usually for landed properties the rent cannot cover the installment because of the high price so it's a vicious cycle. Then you lock up all your slots for investment. You lose out on opportunity costs as well, looking at the property. And when people say property prices will go up, it really depends. So there are a lot of properties of such, which is the landed properties away from the city, not doing very, very well. You don't get to sell because some of them actually lose money. You cannot rent it out because you worry it get damaged. This is the term where we call the bank's slave. La, where you're just paying money for a home that you don't use while still staying with the parents or rent a place with the city center. Because ultimately, we all will prefer convenience all the time. Driving half an hour to work compared to drive two hours to work is a lot of difference when you do that almost every single day then the next thing to think about is the temporary demand of space of a particular location so for example if your example now is in Mon Kiara I would suggest you to buy instantly provided you can afford lah of course because the demand for space there is just very very high all the time proven throughout the years all this while so when you buy already you stay then when the baby comes out the family can move somewhere else and you can rent out the unit pretty easily but but in Cyberjaya, you compare the rental price versus the selling price. That will be the gauge that I will really look at because if the property, let's say, is 800000 but the rental is only 1300 does it make more sense to rent or to buy? Of course, rent. Ma. And the rent can be so low because the temporary demand for space for that particular location which is Cyberjaya, is not as high as Mong Kiara. Then you also mentioned that you want to buy a landed property later after the high-rise, right? So you can rent out the high-rise later. Um, again, it then depends. It means that the first property will actually be an investment unit. Also, you mentioned that in the email, right? You want to buy an apartment first to rent out, stay there. Then after that, a few years later, you rent out while you upgrade into a landed property. And that's the game plan lah. But to me, if that's the scenario that you want to do, right? I would strongly suggest to not 
get a high rise in Cyberjaya first. Two very important data points to look at. Number one will be the latest transacted price of apartments around the location that you're going to buy. The second thing will be the surrounding rental rates. And after you look at these two data points, right, then it's pretty clear whether do you rent or do you buy the particular property. I was always suggest to buy in KL city centers such as like Dutamats, Monkara, Ambang, KLCC. La. Not KLCC, la, but Cheras. La. Even PJ now is getting pretty hot lately. But anyway, my point is to always look into these two data points to determine whether is this a good property for investment or not. Yes, I know you like Cyber Jaya a lot. You like the lifestyle there a lot. But you guys are still single, right? You have no commitment. Technically, you can live anywhere and since the rent is low this is what i will do i will continue renting right because it's thousand three per month that's pretty comfortable for a three-bedroom apartment get an investment unit within kl city center then you look into the rental rates whether can it cover the installment or not use that as the gauge for your investment property then think about whether you want a new property or you want a sub-sale. Sub-sale, like you say, you may not have enough capital to put up front. Then you can always go for new properties. But new properties, then you got to think that they are already charging future price. Unless you want to go bulk purchase route or you want to go auction market route or you have a special connection via family or friends or whatsoever. Lah. After doing that, renting out already, then when you guys are preparing for the baby, then I think it's still okay to stay in the rental house. There's no need to immediately move to a big landed house once the baby is out like based on personal experience i don't think a landed house is that friendly in terms of bringing up a baby so baby is like just come out like zero to six months time la. like when you guys are sleeping in the principal bedroom upstairs when the baby is crying you need to prepare milk right you need to go downstairs to the kitchen then when you go downstairs if you are alone at home do you bring the baby down but the baby is actually still sleeping or crying up down up down then there's a lot of guards to ugh. a high rise then will be way more convenient because it's just a very small space to manage so we actually moved out from a landed to a high rise and to realize that hey the baby actually don't need a lot of space and to them it doesn't matter one the only difference is when we transport the baby out from the car to the house and vice versa that's why i emphasize a lot on car parks lobby or the car park leaf lobby a lot these days because of experience like i need to carry my kid when he's asleep right you need to carry him then there's so many fire doors to open the leaf then is it magnetic then when car pass by is it dangerous then if my kid runs out from the lobby is it safe <gasps> oh, all this kind of thing lah. well you also spoke about the usage of funds within the epf account so for those who are not familiar EPF account is divided into account 1 and account 2 and basically we can use only account 2 for most of the investment assets except if you invest in some mutual fund they allow you to tap into account 1 that's a whole separate story altogether but in EPF right a lot do not know the beauty of it like if you buy a first property already you have the SPA right you can bring into EPF and say that you want to withdraw out everything in account to up to 10% of the SPA price let's say if I buy a 300,000 property 300,000 I can withdraw up to 10% which is 30,000 if my EPF only got 20,000 I can take all entirely 20,000 of it you can also opt for other payments to bank into your loan account directly for example now you have 20,000 right and your money installment is like 1,000 and this is where you can do the setting where from EPF directly you can pay into the housing loan account so of course it cannot go to your personal account and then you will take the money and spend so what's the point right but you can straight away use that to help ease 
any housing loan situation so this is how you use the epf money for renovation then i have not heard of any uh, but you can take the upfront payment which is the 10 percent of the spa just now to use it as a renovation fund but there's no specific renovation loan lah. no such thing yet in malaysia if also got it's just a repackaged personal loan format where the interest is extremely high i don't know who will actually take it so if any of you have actually free time do browse through kwsp to find out how to actually maximize the epf that we contribute every single month eh. so make full use of it so in conclusion although the front part is all around the place right i would suggest to stick to the original plan which is to get an investment unit first like you guys are still young at 26 right let's say two more years two more years can do a lot of things <laughs> so get an investment unit first since you guys have pretty decent income and you guys are pretty prudent with your savings pretty prudent with your spending get that out first and this is where it's important if you have money I would strongly suggest to go for sub-sale because everything is calculated. There's a lot of certainty in the sub-sale deal. You know everything from build quality, rental rates, orientation, views, the neighbors, transacted price, rental rates, everything can be calculated. Then it's a decision whether to buy or not. It's a well-informed decision. If you don't have money, then go for a new property. Then the channel of buying a new property then becomes the differentiating factor of getting a deal or not after you do that two years three years time you get the unit rented out then you declare that as an income to somewhat support your dsr further for the next property and will that be your home or an another investment property it really depends on the first right if the first makes a lot of money you have very good experience then you will buy the second one as an investment too and continue renting like me <laughs> but it's absolutely okay if you choose to want to provide more to the family now you know what sean it's time to actually give the family more space i will just strap myself and buy a landed property once you buy the landed property then the entire commitment level will be different because now i think any new properties around kl city center is already surpassed a million like i just came back from elmina green and the latest launch is already 1.02 million of course within a city center there are a lot of sub-sale ones but then it needs to consider along with the renovation fee the repair fee and a lot of other chaplang fees lah. that would be my suggestion which is to stick to your initial plan and i guess that's all for this episode it's a pretty direct one points to take home is i will not buy a cyber jaya apartment right now at least right with the selling price of those i can have any other apartments within the city center that generates higher roi and better potential for capital appreciation compared to cyberjaya but the landeds are awesome that's why they always sell out until now i still don't know why and that's the best part about malaysia's real estate <laughs> and with that thank you very much again for sending in the email and for those who still have any questions regarding real estate do just email me at t-a-n-i-h-e-r-n-g T-A-N-I-H-E-R-N-G at gmail.com or you can just DM me on Instagram I-H-E-R-N-G and I'll see you on the next one. Ciao.